Journeying with Newman, The Path to Sainthood. Newman on the Saints by Father George Bowen of the Brompton Oratory in London. I was about 10 years old when my grandfather introduced me to classical music. He gave me the disc of his favourite piece, The Dream of Gerontius, composed by Elgar and set to a poem by John Henry Newman. So my grandfather introduced me to Newman and it was the first piece of music that I found really moving. For those who don't know it, the poem describes the journey which the soul makes from this world into the next. And what I found particularly moving was the chorus of those around the bedside of Gerontius, asking all the angels and saints to pray for him as he drifts away. In my imagination, I loved the idea that there was a whole company of invisible people who were joining in the prayers of those around the bedside. All the holy angels praying for him, choirs of the righteous, all the holy martyrs, the holy confessors, the holy virgins, all praying for Gerontius, who was never alone in possibly the most difficult moment of his life. Little did I realise that later on in my life I would become a hospital chaplain invoking the prayers of all those same angels and saints for the patients who were making the same journey as Gerontius. Listen to this passage which Newman wrote on the angels and saints who make up what he called the invisible church. This is the special glory of the Christian church, that its members do not depend merely on what is visible. Viewed so far as it merely consists of persons now living in this world, it is of course a visible company. But in its nobler and truer character, it is a body invisible, or nearly so, as being made up not merely of the few who happen still to be on their trial, but of the many who sleep in the Lord. These thoughts are so very foreign from the world's ordinary view of things, which walks by sight, not by faith, and never allows anything to exist in what comes before it, but what it can touch and handle. The world makes itself the standard of perfection and the centre of all good. And when the souls of Christians pass from it into the place of spirits, it fancies that this is their loss, not its own. It pities them in its way of speaking of them and calls them by names half compassionate, half contemptuous, as if its own presence and society were some great thing, as if we who live were the real agents in the course of events and they were attached to us only as a churchyard to a church, which it is decent to respect, but unsuitable to linger in. Such is its opinion of the departed, as though we were in light and they in darkness, we in power and influence, they in weakness, we the living and they the dead. But we must recall that someone who loves the unseen company of believers as part of the Church of God must also love those who are seen, the test of our being joined to Christ is love. The test of love towards Christ and his church is loving those whom we actually see. If we wish to be worthy to hold communion with the believers of the invisible church, the church of every time and place, let us hold communion duly with those of our own day and our own neighbourhood. 
Newman reminds us that the church is much more than buildings and structures and human institutions. The invisible church is always there, surrounding the visible church. The faithful departed don't simply belong in the churchyard, buried in the cemetery. They are with us in the church, whether because we're praying for them in purgatory or they're praying for us in heaven. When I first heard that litany of saints in the dream of Gerontius, I was still young enough to find the invisible world even more fascinating than the visible world. Children are more easily engaged than adults in what lies in the corners of the imagination. But I also think I recognised then what Newman helps us recognise now, that we're never alone. Amongst all those holy confessors and choirs of the righteous, we can call upon John Henry Newman to pray for us. And we don't have to wait until our deathbed to invoke the aid of his prayers. And finally, we can take to heart Newman's closing remarks, that if we wish to be worthy to hold communion with the believers of the invisible church, the church of every time and place, let us hold communion duly with those of our own day and our own neighbourhood.